Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. All right, all you guys out there, uh, those of you who watch, please join in the conversation before we get going. Also, subscribe, like, all of that good stuff for us. Please show us your support. On the other, um, also, while we are doing this, we uh, would love for you to join in our, the convo. We're monitoring chats. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, anything, please, please, please uh, throw that in the chat there and we will happily address them, talk to you, uh, you know, just say hi if you want. Um, and I think that's all for me right now. What are we talking about today? I have no idea. Abundance. <laughs> Less is more, right? Is that it? Is less is more. How to do less and achieve more. Mm -hmm. How to do less and achieve more. <laughs> How is that possible? Can you do that? Is it? Um, See, the commonly you think when you do more things, then you can achieve more things. Um, but that seems to be not the case. Not too many things and have an inverse relationship when you do less overall or I mean, it's, not, it's not always the case. We're not going to say it is never the case, right? We're not going to say that. I mean, there, you certainly have to, to sometimes add some stuff in the mix on occasion, but I think what is more grossly overlooked is the thought of do less. Why aren't you doing less? <laughs> um, uh, what I, I mean, I, there's a lot of things going rolling around through my head. But before I run through there, what what are your thoughts in this space? Any any guy, any of you? I think that's enough to be said on that topic, and we can end the live there. <laughs> we just are gonna do less. <laughs> doing less. You're definitely like doing less. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like the the reason why this is even a topic is because there is an inverse relationship between the amount of work somebody can actually do or effort that they can put into something and the results that they're going to get. Um, you can overwork yourself to death. Um, and many, like if you just take like workplace culture, for example, I've worked at plenty of places where the mindset was doing more means achieving more. And that meant working people to death, um, which if you look at Amazon now, Amazon's projected to uh, not have any more people to hire in the country uh, because they've overworked their, I guess, labor uh, market too much. They're getting so ready to lay off too. Yeah, they're lay I think they're laying off like 10,000 people. Yeah, ridiculous. So they've gotten to the point where they shot themselves in the foot, and now they're deciding to do less by having on? less people overall. Um, but that was entirely caused by, you know, overworking, you know, their staff too much. So there's an example right there of there is such a thing as too much. Um, I think that that's. We're, we're, you're, what you're even sharing, though, is even almost taking it to an extreme, too. Uh, I think there's a couple of really good examples. So one of them was, um, I wish I could do give you a visual example. Um, they had a, a, a cube, essentially. It was like a little house that was made out of Legos, right? And the little house had a little structure. So, I mean, I, I draw this really quick <laughs> um, for you. So hopefully you guys understand this once I'm done drawing it. Uh, I just, hold on, maybe I can't draw it really quick. Maybe well, while you're doing that, I can, I can, you know, what part of this is we're talking about doing more, doing less. And what does all that mean? And even in the coaching world, <clears throat> most of us are used to on the outside world of coaching, we're used to working really hard, like Anthony's speaking about, those long hours, those uh, just continually working concepts that when we get into coaching, 
we're we're saying you're going to do a whole lot less you're not going to be the one performing in this space it's going to be your client that has more to do than you have to do all right looks like we've got our you can't see it okay so there's this little structure and this is gonna there's an opening here so this this big thing is open okay and there's a little door it's a little house right and there's this little block on it and this thing needs to lie flat on top of that mm -hmm. it needs to come down and lay flat so what would you guys do to make sure that that this thing laid flat on this something that's got a little thing projecting out of this corner above remove the extra block well you know the answer anthony i don't know the answer <laughs> well it depends on the material well there's a couple of options right it's There's like, a couple options. Is is that is that block serving a purpose? So I might have to investigate that first. It's a Lego. <laughs> oh, it's a Lego. Oh, okay. I was like thinking, is it wood? Yeah. Is it metal? Okay, all right. Get rid of that top block. It's a Lego. Ninety percent of people, their first inclination is to add three more blocks. One, two, three. Add three more blocks so that then it'll leg. Uh huh. 10% of people think to take this Lego away uh -huh. and then it will lay flat. I'm the 10%. I'm um, we have a, we're just naturally wow. inclined to be additive. Uh, that just is our nature. We just want to add, 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 add. Also, I suggest watching our feel and friction. That this is another thing that we, we've done that um, mm -hmm. sort of speaks a little more into this as well. Um, <laughs> top 10% Anthony. Hi, Misha. Good to see you. Um, that also yeah. means I just didn't do the research. I didn't see that you posted this somewhere. <laughs> Cheater. The other example too, or not example. Um, so, I mean, before we move on from that, what do you think that means? What, why do you think that is? Why do you think that any, any thoughts on why we might do that? Hmm. I want to say we're kind of, conditioned to believe to accomplish something you have to go forward instead of take away I guess. taking away instead feels like going backwards yes mm -hmm. okay you need to put in effort to achieve your goals mm -hmm. which is interesting right all of these and what we're talking about kind of feels like Jerome said in antithesis like oh do less but the truth is it can make the biggest difference in the world um, with regard to time. And so before we move into that, I have one more question for you. Let's say you guys have a bank account. Now that I know you guys didn't do the research, let's say you guys have a bank account. I watched it. <laughs> this bank account, and it's a, it's a bank account. It fills up to, to $5,000 every day, okay. Okay. every single day. Okay. You get $5,000 in this bank account. Okay. The caveat is, okay. at the end of the day, you have a 24-hour period. At the end of the day, that $5,000 goes away. Boom. And then it'll be refilled again tomorrow with the $5,000, but it goes back to zero. So every single day, you have a, re a free fresh bank account with $5,000 in it. Um, and then, but you know, by the end of the day, if there's still $5,000, it's going to go to zero. There'll be a new $5,000 in there. If it's at 3000 it's going to go to zero, but there'll be another $5,000. If, it, if it's, you know, got 50 bucks in it, the 50 bucks is going to go away. So no matter what, it drains itself out and then it refills up to 5000 What would you guys do with that money, that 5000 Spend it. <laughs> spend it, Jen. Spend it, yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a, it's like different way you can, I'll, I'll say this is an investment is I'll go to the casino and spend the $5,000. <laughs> but also like, I'll do crazy stuff like invest in Bitcoin or invest like, but it'll be the first. Yes. Okay, and you're gonna do something with it. You're gonna take the money out of it and do something with it, right? Yes, Jerome, what would you do with it? Into an account. I'm, I'm gonna spend it uh, early, as early as I can in the day. Like early in the day? Like yeah. I will have it all spent <laughs> by, by 1 a.m. If it refills at midnight, I'm spending it by 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm like tiring to spend all that every day, so I'm going to try and give myself some time. Okay. Lisa, what would you do? 
So I would, you know, use what I could, not worry about the rest. Okay. We replenished. I, I will have it to come to tomorrow. So use what is necessary to um, carry on with life and then be okay with that. You know, I would spend what I needed, but then I would, whatever was remaining, I would uh, definitely reinvest in something. Like I would mm -hmm. take, you know, if I spent a thousand dollars that day, I would spend the other 4,000, put the other 4,000 in a high yield savings account or in a, an investment account or in something along those lines so that, that it didn't just go like, poof, it's gone. And, you know, and that would start to eat at me. I think it starts to eat yeah. away at me knowing that um, I had this money that I let go of every single day. And, and maybe give the rest away as well. That's also a yearly salary of a million dollars. You cannot, yeah, you cannot give it to anybody else. That's it. That's the cap. Oh. So, but you can then reinvest it. So that's yes, you can reinvest. like, well, yeah, I mean, you have to spend it, but you can't just, you know, hand it to Jen or what have you. Okay. Um, Jen's got her own 5,000. So this $5,000 bank account is time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Every day we are given 24 hours. <coughs> we can do whatever we want with that 24 hours. And at the end of that 24 hours, it's gone and it refills the next day, right? Every single day. So that was quite a literal um, sort of comparison. If you make, if time is money and, and time is truly a limited resource, your day dwindles at the end of the day, every single day, boom, gone, refilled it, boom, gone, refilled, boom, gone, refilled. But how you spend it becomes very important when you start to think of it as money, right? We start to get like, oh no, I would do this with it. I would do that with it. I would do, but with our time, we don't think of it that way. We think of it as sort of a, a, an infinite resource, but the truth of the matter is it's not. Each day goes and, and it's gone. You're not getting it back. Um, so it brings up this concept of uh, that, that I thought was really neat of return on time investment. And thinking about, even if you think about your time, you know, as money or as what have you, how do you literally spend? There's a reason we say that. How do you spend your time? What do you spend your time on? Um, it becomes very important uh, when you start to think of it as as a limited resource. At least it does for me. So this is sort of in the time sense that do less comes in. It can be very important because we, we can use our time very wisely. And sometimes adding more stuff into it makes it it a lot less productive um anthony i can't hear you anthony yeah well there's also like time isn't the only resource too that's being factored into this like even if you had more time that doesn't mean you'll have more energy or more focus to spend on projects and tasks and other things like Absolutely. you can have for 24 hours but then you you know i only have about you know, eight hours of gas into me in me to focus on like a project. And then I'm tired the rest of the time I've expended myself or I've invested a whole lot of energy in one or two hours uh, versus spreading it out over eight to, you know, 10 hours, mm -hmm. um, which goes into a concept that I posted in what the podcast episode I showed you, which was do less than obsess free up your time and then focus a lot of energy on a few things, very limited amount of things. So as coaches, we have clients that come into us, come, come in and they, they go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I want to do all these things. And they've got a laundry list. I want this or they come in and they say, I'm so busy. Um, what do we do? Oh, yes, we should take one at a time. I'm stacking. So the client that comes in and goes, well, what do you, when you say, what do you want to work on? And they give you a list of, you know, well, this, 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 this. How do we assist that client in, in doing less? Well, I tend to ask them, okay, when do you want these things done? Because the when, if you have 
you know, 10 years to accomplish your laundry list of goals. Okay. That's more reasonable than I want to do 10 goals in one month. Then we got to talk about priorities um, as the next step. I think it becomes very, I mean, I think this is a space for coach. If you're, if you're doing it right as a coach, if, Which it's, I a little, it's a little easy because you can go, well, we only have one hour. So what do you want to work on today? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that helps us really narrow that focus. That also shows you how important it is that that question exists. Otherwise we're going to be as scattered as our client. Right. Mm -hmm. So as, as opposing to some people that think they're coaches, they will tell the client what, what should come first and what should come second. Um, and, and, and they will, they will try to use their best judgment on making that choice because of the emphasis a client has made. And this is where you're going to do best as a coach. You're going to sit back you're going to invite the client to make a decision on what they want their focus to be for this next, whatever time frame we're together. Do less, get the client to do more. <laughs> I just realized something that there's like a assumption of a coaching session is one hour. Why is it that? Doesn't have to be. I know it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, but like if I'm going devil's advocate, why don't I just have longer coaching sessions? Why, well, why? I made the choice to make mine 30 minutes. Like that, yeah. was, a, that was in an effort to do less. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and also because I found in shortening up my sessions, my clients come on the ball. Mm -hmm. They come prepared to work. They know they have a limited amount of time. And because of that, they come ready. Uh, and they don't, they, they're not going to waste a minute of that 30 minutes. And what's awesome is they're always surprised by how much they accomplish in that 30 minutes. And every one of them says, oh my gosh, I got so much done in 30 minutes. That was so worth it. Like it's, and, and you'd be surprised. You'd think, oh, I need the hour. I need the hour and a half. I have to do our four hour session with my, you know, intro session. I have to do a two hour session with my intro client. And I am, um, I'm even shocked at how quickly and how much we can do when we know that the clock is ticking sort of puts the, the makes us, <laughs> you know, it makes us have focus, makes us have priority and a lot of lettuce baloney stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed um, that with even some couples that I worked with, cause mine are normally about 80 minutes when I was working and there's been a few of those when, when they needed a 30 minute session and exactly like you said, they come in ready, willing and able to make those adjustments and get focused. There's not a lot of baloney going on. You got to get down to business, brass tacks really quick. They do the, they do a lot of the thinking on their own. They come <laughs> like they do, they take a moment and they know, okay, I don't have a lot of time. So there's like, and it's just, it's a cool thing to see because there's a little, they, a level of their own work and it's not me doing less as a coach right i am sort of forcing them to figure these things out before they're sitting in front of me whereas if i give them all the time in the world that means that a lot of my time is going to be spent moving through these areas that maybe we don't necessarily move through or maybe they can figure out on their own um so now okay so we're talking about reducing the amount of time which helps us stay on the ball and keep our focus um, in check. How do we know then, when I say we, how does the client figure this out or how do we figure this out when we do less, what things we should focus on? How do we sort of determine, because sometimes you can focus on the wrong thing. You can- Whoa, 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 wait, hold yeah. on. What makes you say that, Anthony? What is the wrong thing? How do you decide that? So it's a matter of prioritization. So let me, I'm, I'm thinking about it in the workspace right now, where I've got a list of things I need to do and I only have like an hour to do them. I can definitely choose the wrong thing in the sense that one 
um, project is far more important than some other project. And me and Brooke have had this conversation before. Well, she she will inform me your your priorities are wrong. This is the more important thing, Anthony. You're kind of going off on like a tangent. Um, or I'll be like, why are you doing that? Delegate that to Jen now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I always no. tell them, give me more to do. <laughs> so in the grander scheme of things, when a client is focusing on things to do, he's got a limited amount of time, or they got a limited amount of time, and they all have only so many options. What is the best way that they can figure out what is most important to them? So I can give you a couple of the things I do in terms of like when I'm in a workspace or when I'm and and being somebody with ADHD, you learn very, I guess, young when you have this or at some point that prioritizing and having a, a forefront priority list in your brain becomes very important because if you don't, you're not accomplishing anything. Um, you're all over, you're looking left and going that way. And it's just you, when you got to stay on track. Um, so the, there's a few things, uh, tools I use, a few things that I, I really, and and it's, there's, I did a matrix for this once where it was like, um, uh, I'll, I'll have to remember exactly what's on each line, but I asked myself, I try to long-term think. That's one of the things that I really try to do is I try to think, okay, when it, if I'm in a business space, if I'm in a space like here, uh, I might be working on a project um, and go, okay, well, I'm the one that knows how to do this, so I'm going to do it, but if I take the time to train somebody else, it might be a little more of my train my time now, but I'm going to free up X amount, this much time, you know, all of the time to do, never have to do that again. Um, even though it essentially sort of is a bit of a time suck and a little, you know, draining in the beginning, that's what training is. We're training, we're training Misha. <laughs> Welcome to training, but training takes, it's, it's, it's everybody working, doing extra work and investing their extra work and extra time in training somebody else with the knowing and understanding that this training is going to be a return on time investment mm -hmm. later, because yeah. by training you today and spending the time to do that today, later, I'm going to have you to do it. And I'm not going to have to anymore. Mm -hmm. And now I've got another human being capable of doing that. Um, and it can be, I think we, as people often get stuck in the, I'm the only one that can, I'm the only one that can do it right. I'm the only one that, but if you're the only one that can, there's a few things that are horribly wrong with that because if something happens to you, you have just, you know, really screwed up a whole, if you're working for everybody else around you, cause you're the only one that can do it. And now they got to scramble and they don't know. And now you've left a, you've left a serious problem. Um, and if you're also, if you're the only one that can do it, then you're, you also are probably, I mean, there's something going on. You might be insecure. You might be, there's a lot of things <laughs> going on there because truthfully, I, one of the things that Jerome have, I always said, always be training your replacement. Not because you are not going to be there, not because you're not going to be working, but because you're going to move up and you're not going to want to have, you want somebody that can do those things for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's long-term thinking. That is truly long-term thinking. Cause yeah, it might be really quick and easy for you to do that, you know, but, and it might take an hour for you, if, what, five minutes here versus an hour to train somebody on something, but that hour is going to come back uh, in, you know, hundreds and thousands. So, do so how, how does this factor into sort no, of wait. your clients prioritizing? correctly. Uh, I mean, I, one of the questions you could ask them is, do you have to do that? Hmm. Is there somebody else that can do that? Well, that's is leading, something you want to do. The, asking if there's somebody else, that's the leading side. That's leading. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So you sticking to, you know, tell me about that. T tell me about what you have to do there. How does that serve you? Is there anything else that would serve you better in that space? So asking those questions more generically, but absolutely. I think one of the, the cool questions that came up and I drop it in the CLCI live chat was, um, 
and I just thought this was kind of neat. And it, it's less about specifically prioritizing, but to prioritize to a goal. You, you know, you got somebody coming in with a million things, or they don't know what to work on, or they're focused yeah. on something. Uh, one of the, I think, a great first question for a client is, you know, at your eulogy, what do you want people to be talking about? What do you want people to say you have accomplished in your life? And that would, for me, boom, as a client, I'm going to start to think, okay, wait, that, that takes the focus on all these like little things that we're wasting our time with. And you go really quickly for me, goes laser focus to, okay, wait, what am I working on? Why am I wasting my time with this? Um, I thought that was a really smart question. I think it was worded slightly different, but imagine three people eulogizing you at your funeral. What would they say about you? What do you hope they would say about you? I'm not going to be around for that, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Not going to bother me. Um, <laughs> well, another cool question that was popped in there that also might help with this prioritizing is: think about the roles in your life. <coughs> what What do you have to do to fill that role? what don't you have to do and you can start to weed those things out um, and start to really prioritize the other the, so that i just remembered it's called the eisenhower matrix and, on, and I, I made a sort of knockoff of it and i can share it again it's, it's i'm sure it's posted on our website um one side of the matrix says critical the other side of the matrix says important um and when you use it uh the the two that if, if critical and important the highest at the highest point come together Everything in the box that is critical and important is due. Everything that is critical but unimportant and unimportant to you, delegate. Don't do that. <laughs> Everything that is not critical um, but is still important to you, you can delay it. Do it later. <laughs> and anything that's in the box that is neither critical or important, get rid of it. Delete it. <laughs> you don't need it. Um, and that was, I think, it was just a very efficient tool. It's called the Eisenhower Matrix because Eisenhower was known to use it uh, all through his presidency to figure out how to task manage. So um, it's such a simple thing to do that, right? To break it down. Uh, another tool that we use for folks who have ADHD, and I'm talking way too much, is we can make lists that have like 20 things on them or 30. But when you the best thing to do, at least for somebody who has ADHD, is to only have a list of three. You're not allowed more than three things on that list. You cannot add anything to it until those three things are accomplished. And it makes you sort of push everything out and just focus on the three and get those done. Um, and that that's another tool that I use to focus with. All right, done talking, it's your turn. You guys, it's all you. I'm gonna leave now, bye. <laughs> Lisa brought up earlier about the coach does less potentially to achieve more. I think that that's a really valuable piece because when I first got certified and didn't really know what coaching fully was, I thought I had to do so much more to coach. And I actually learned, oh, I have to pull back from what I want to do instinctually. I have to calm down. I have to relax. I have to hold this space for the client to do the work. I get to facilitate a space for the client to do the work. I mean, that was not at all what I thought. And that's an amazing part of being a coach. Yeah. Also, when we, talk, when we say do less to achieve more. The coach isn't achieving anything like there's no personal achievement that's happening as a coach so like you don't have to do a whole lot now your client you know they're the one who's achieving things having to do things and possibly doing less things to achieve that but you as a coach there's not a whole lot that you need to do um other than get training at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com um thank you but yeah, like it's less work than you realize uh, mm -hmm. when you first start out. Yeah. 
I know that's a critical part of when they were viewing your submissions for your PCC, right? Um, at least in, in what I've heard from everyone's experience, Dan. Um, I don't know if you've heard Lisa speak about it, but they're checking in to see that you are doing 20 to 80, right? Mm -hmm. 20% speaking, 80% listening. Um, so I know that's a critical part when it comes to looking to get your credentials. So, um, and kind of like Jen was mentioning, it is something that it, I feel like for, for us, it sounds easy at first, but um, when, you, when you start start coaching, um, you kind of think that that's maybe the purpose of a coach is to speak as much as possible to help your client get past what it is that they want to get past. But sometimes setting that silence and letting your client do the work is, is going to be, I would say most of the time, is going to be the most powerful uh, way to actually conduct a coaching session. And moving towards MVP, it's even less. They want you to speak even less. <clears throat> like, I, you know, it's going to sound a little pompous where I'm going right now. Uh, and I don't mean to be pompous, but I have this grand way of reflecting back to the client what they've shared with me. It's a lot of words. It's like, no, don't speak that many words, even if you are reflecting what that client has said. By this time at MCC level, we have great expectations that you're listening. You don't have to prove it anymore. So less is even as we go through, if you will, our rankings, less is going to become even more important as you go down. Um, the quality of your coaching increases based on the less words you use because you're using more impactful interaction versus the proof that you've heard. I, I guess that's what I would say. So definitely less is better, impactful that you are really listening and the challenging those questions, letting the client do the more, that more work is on them. But in the end, with you giving them permission to be more in the session, they are also working towards being less because then they're not overworking themselves or really focusing in on where and what they want to do as well. I've gone to such an advanced level in my coaching. I only say one word. <laughs> the rest is all nonverbal communication. I will. I'll say this too, uh, Anthony and I, when we're working with people in our lunch and learns, uh, one of the biggest things that they'll do is they'll come to us with this like verbose, very wordy, like, uh, who is your client? Well, they're going to give you all these uh, big words and, um, and it gets really overblown. Like it gets really, really big um, and, and a lot. And so one of the things that we'll do is whittle it down to the simplest terms of, okay, not only to the simplest terms of one client, not not a billion, we're niching you to one client, but then we're going to take it to those clients' thoughts in the simplest terms. And if that client at the, is ha at the end of the day saying, you know, I'm not a good mom or saying, uh, I'm going to be stuck here forever. So simple, these words, right? But you'll have a coach saying, I, I coach people through midlife transitions, uh, who are feeling unsatisfied and then they'll like, it gets so, and it's like, really all that person needs to hear is that, no, you know, you don't have to be stuck forever. And it becomes, it's taking all of this overthinking over, over, over. And we're saying, no, whittle it down. Do also in those, in those, lunches, those lunches, <laughs> they sometimes will say, elevator pitches that are like kind of simple and sweet. There was one example of like, I want to coach millennials who feel lost and can't find their purpose. Okay. That's not a lot to, that's not a lot spoken wise, but that is a lot of people to try to market to. That is do less. a lot of work. You do less by saying more and being more specific because you're, lessening the amount of clients you're actually having to try to market yourself to 
an event Another invite. Another reason that yeah. we whittle it down to one client because we go, they'll, we, you have coaches thinking, well, I have to do all these things to be successful. I have to be on social media, I have to be on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. I have to do, blah, 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 blah. I have to be everywhere and they get overwhelmed and they never, they don't start, right? They don't. And we say one client, where's your client? What are they doing? Where can you get into there? And what do you have to say to them? Like, no, you don't have to do all of this. Do less. Mm-hmm. Do what is only necessary for you to reach your client. And, and where is that client? That's where you need to be. Every Ignore everything else. <laughs> don't waste your time. Um, and start there. And that's a, that's a, you know, a whole level. And I think it's a big thing. I think a lot of new coaches want to do everything. They feel like they have to do everything. They feel like they have to be everywhere and they get so afraid of doing less. Mm-hmm. They don't even start. Mm. Yeah. That more can be definitely overwhelming and preventative of moving forward. So do less. Yeah. <laughs> Do less and attract more clients. Mm-hmm. I think that brings up a good point that doing more can be debilitating sometimes. Um, and I think that's where that phrase comes up one step at a time. Um, doing one small thing, doing less, <coughs> eventually, I think, uh, can help you get past again that hurdle of maybe being debilitized by the fact that you're looking at the larger chunk of the pie, as opposed to just taking one small slice. I think of it as like, um, have you ever played the, when you're a kid, did you ever play the floor is lava? Yes. <laughs> so like, play. I yeah. played it as an old woman, not as a kid. Yeah. I played as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you think of like your goal, being like my goal is to get to the kitchen, but the floor is lava, right? I have to take it each, if I'm actually gonna get scorched by the ground. I have to figure out, each individual step, like, and I can, I have to forget from this chair to that chair before I can even think about my next, like, I just, that's how it is. It's like lily pads, you know, you have to do one lily pad at a time and you cannot get to the next one until you've gotten to this one. And we often will get like distracted by all of these, all of these other things. But if we just focus on the next step, like your own set. That's a question kind of that I've encountered in some of my coaching sessions where there's their overarching goal. They're like, there's a lot of steps that I got to do. There's a lot of things I have to do. What should I do? And it's like, okay, what's the next step? The next step is whatever step you take. I don't know if there's a correct, like, are you asking me if there's a correct order of steps? Because then we can do coaching to figure out what is the correct order. But if there's not really a correct order and it's all arbitrary, the next step is whatever is the next thing you do. So, you know, do you want to try to find something to pick um, and go from there? And a lot of clients seem to think that this is this is me taking my coaching hat off and me putting on my Anthony hat, um, my Anthony beanie, is that people seem to want to think there is a ultimately correct order in which you do things. That is absolutely not the case. The correct order in which you do things is the order in which things get done. <laughs> it, it, it's more, it's difficult to articulate, I guess, but no, it's, you have to it's start a, somewhere and then you just like, keep going. You just keep, it's like thinking of the world linearly, like we don't, but the world is not a linear place ultimately. It's really not. Um, but we often think of everything, unless you're non-linear, like I am, um, you, most people think in a very like linear fashion, uh, A plus B equals C, but the truth of the reality is, no, there's uh, way more ways to go about things and probably more than we can, you, you can imagine. And when you think you've exhausted it, there's probably still another way. You just haven't found it yet. And so such a beautiful point there's not necessarily a correct way. The correct way is the way that things get done. Like that's whatever that is. Uh, um, and I, I really appreciate that because it frees up that, um, the self-loathing that can happen 
or the, the, the worry and concern that I could do something wrong or I have done something wrong or in the wrong order or at the wrong time. And, Which and also, there will all, you will always find when you have done the thing, you'll always reflect back and be like, I should have done it this way. But that's only ever going to be obvious to you when yeah. you're at the end already. You wouldn't have ever thought about that at the start of it because you wouldn't have ever no. started it to begin with because you would have kept thinking about it. You only tend to realize that once you're already done. Um, well, so and this also brings a big point. What is a big verb? Do in this, right? Do. If you're not doing anything, then you're you're already doing less. So you don't really need this. Um. <laughs> it's also kind of funny that people will ask others, what should I do and how should I do it? And frankly, everyone does it differently. I have, there are moments though that I will go, what should I do? And mind you, I know I'm going to make the decision myself, or I'm just genuinely in one of those exhausted states where, mm -hmm. and the, whatever it is I have to do is completely just at this point, arbitrary. Like I'm like, I have to, so what should I just do right now? I'm too tired to think of it myself. Just tell me, I don't, I don't want to think, I don't want, what should I have for dinner? I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. It's I've been thinking about everything else all day and yeah. thinking about dinner right now is almost impossible. That's but, when you, Brooke, do the flip a coin test to other yeah, people. Just like, yeah, flip right. a coin. <laughs> um, and those things are, but ultimately, if I am asking somebody, what, what should I do? I'm getting their opinion, but I'm going to ultimately make my own decision in it, right? I'm going to hear what they say and see what resonates with me and what doesn't and mm -hmm. take, take from their opinion what I find valuable and discard. Mm -hmm. What that I doesn't do. work well in the coaching space, though. Like, no. your client can't be like, "What? Just tell me, what should I do?" No. And you, the coach, can't be like, well, here's like, we when we think we have coaches that they come in and they're like, "Oh my God, I didn't take my second Adderall." That's why I'm talking too much. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so they they come in though, and they're like, "Like, I can't, or I have to know everything about all of this, right?" I have to, I have to be this wealth of, I'm a life coach. I have to have all of my shit together. I have yeah. to have, I have to have done everything because I am, nobody's going to take me seriously. And what if I screw up somebody else's life? <laughs> you get to do less. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do, you're not bringing your knowledge to the table outside of being a coach. Mm -hmm. And why is that nice? Like when I, started doing coaching sessions instead of consulting sessions. Like when I, when I we consultancy marketing consultancy had that business, what a Jerome, Anthony, nonstop stressful business. Yeah, we're, we are doing the do. Right? Nerve wracking. Cause I'd have to, I'm responsible, we're responsible for the knowledge for I'm using. And then you do a coaching <laughs> session, you do a coaching session and you're like, that's it. I don't hours, even know up, hours up. And I'm like, okay, Oh my God. Is I don't that need like to know. Like, oh. Yeah. I, mean, I need to know how to coach, but other than that, I don't need to know a goddamn thing. That's up to the client. Hey, explain the context to me. Tell me your side of things. Tell me how you want to get this done. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't need to know anything. I'm like, it's better, you, know. Know. It's better you, you know less in that mm -hmm. situation. So, again, it's one of those situations where coaches, do less. You get to, you get the, you have the amazing gift of the opportunity to know, not have to bring all of this to the table outside of knowing how to properly coach. And you will get trained at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. <laughs> and I always laugh when we plug ourselves because we don't do this to plug ourselves. But in the end, yeah, we need to plug ourselves too. <laughs> okay. So, to look at it from like a business level, that is entirely what our business model is. It's doing less and achieving more. Mm -hmm. Not to toot our own horns, but other coaching institutions tend to do more and then it ends up costing the student more, more time, mm -hmm. more, more time, more money. More They're not achieving more though. They're still getting the 60 hours of training mm -hmm. to an ACC. Whereas us, the superior 
life journeys do. We understand that this can be done in three days and you get the same 60 hours and it costs you less. Well, six, six days. days. Oh, yeah, yeah, six, six days. Um, yeah. The other thing, too, the, and the amazing thing, too, <coughs> with regard to that is, I mean, if you look at our marketing, even, like, look at meta marketing with this, we do this live. We know we have to show up for an hour, right? But this is a way for us to do less, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just going to share why. <laughs> so we, we know we all have to be here. We all have to have it. We talk about a subject for an hour. Um, and, and you'll all show if this was something where we like had to set aside, we're going to film, we're going to do, we choose to do a live stream because we know that it, it's more forgiving in this. So we can be off the cuff. We can be real. We can do this hour. Then we'll take this and we will use it in a ton of different places. We will chop it up. We will reutilize it. And all of that is so that we can do less so that we are not so overtaxed with all of this production, all of these have um and and it's it really is taking your time and, and figuring out okay how can we make this more effective more efficient and also be something that happens with regularity and so we built it in to our system this is part of our week and we know it and it and it it does a tremendous amount of good for us as a company but we've done it in a way that is plausible and isn't a time suck for everybody um, everybody can find an hour. And if you can't, that's okay. We'll get somebody else in. It'll be okay. <laughs> so. Patting ourselves on the back now. I want to ask a question then on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. When is more, more? Never. Never. When it, when it, when it kisses and hugs. <laughs> no, no that far less. I, I was going to pay at least the coaching space, uh, education, probably. Just right. being able to be open to learning more is probably never harmful unless it like yeah. actually impacts the time you're going out there and coaching. Like yeah. if all I ever did was learn about coaching and never did coaching then. Yes, as long as you're doing the do. But. Yeah. That's one aspect that I think of where like, you know, always educate yourself, always be on the ball, try to train more, understand more things. Um, you know, that's what I, my personal opinion, I guess. I don't have anything to back that up with. I, I agree and disagree at the same time because well, yes. I want to hear your agreeance, not the disagreeance. But, <laughs> but yes, I agree that constantly seeking more knowledge is valuable but at the same time i can find myself seeking too much and overwhelming myself and i literally have to go back to what i'm consuming as far as like coaching content and focus on one book one podcast one thing at a time because i get overwhelmed with all of this different you know coach knowledge and i don't actually retain any of it so i have to streamline it one thing at a time so Although you'd be surprised in that learning that you have done because back, back in the day, I did so much and all of a sudden it would start coming out of my mouth. I'm like, where did that come from? I have yeah. no idea. Look behind me. Where did that? It's just because the, the right client comes in front of you, that knowledge will at some point come out and be present for that experience with that client. So yes, it can be overwhelming. Yes, take your focus. But but also, even when you have done those other behaviors, they're still usable, is, is all I want to say. And I'm, I'm speaking oh, more for the people who get complete. <laughs> no, but I really, before we get there, though, I, I want to take that, though, concept. When you were saying, uh, more education blah, blah, blah we can apply that to or more learning more there is a point where we can be learning asking too much of our client from our client and we're in that space of tell me more 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 that can become that can go but it's going the line between you know okay i do when to keep digging and, and learning and when enough is enough and mm -hmm. to 
you know, start to shift the questioning to a different direction. And I think there, that, that there's a, um, I guess, a, a, a knowledge there that becomes important. It's um, the point of diminishing returns where the mm -hmm. client, they've said everything really relevant where you're able to move the conversation forward and you don't need to keep going. It's the ROI. <laughs> ROI is always the focus in a session. That's why we ask, what do you want to work mm -hmm. on? How will you know you achieve that? You know, those beginning questions, the end questions, because that allows that focus for the client to realize that return on investment that they've participated with. We talked about doing less to achieve more. And that got me thinking about. Oh, no, it isn't so. Yeah, I, I got thinking about what if when is it okay to do less to achieve less i've done it when like, when 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 you're exhausted yeah and you've got too many things going on and you just go uh this is enough is enough or i'm okay with less because i want to live like i closed an entire business um because so that all of us jerome myself anthony we could do we could do less to achieve less like and be okay and every we, we were all okay with that because we wanted life <laughs> like, yeah, it's inverse because we were able to achieve more as a result of that but the intent at the time was to do less to achieve less because sometimes just having achievements for their own sake it's not going to get you anything um really well, it's not is it going to be something of value is it going to be something the reality is at that moment we could have been making more money and had, but ultimately the preference was to, to free up time, put our focus at CLCI and, and be able to be successful in our personal lives and be successful in our business lives. And, and that was enough. Like what we have was enough. Which, so, which can lead into coaching too. Like is what you actually want to achieve what you want to achieve. Cause I've had sometimes throughout the course of a coaching conversation where my client realized, I don't want this goal. Like I said that I wanted this goal at the yeah. beginning of the session yeah. and talking about it, I don't want it. It feels like something I have to do though. Yeah. And so then that leads to a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. um, we have five minutes left guys. So are you saying when, when, when you just told that story about, you know, closing up the other business that essentially you, you decided to want less. So you could have more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Want less to have more. I, love it. I was of the mindset of the want choice. less to have less, but. And it was. It was. And it's not to say that there wasn't a hard transition. It certainly was, and it was one that ultimately, honestly, I am still paying off to some degree <laughs> um uh just one last thing uh, that came up but um but it was a rough transition it was hard to say goodbye to those clients not that we didn't care not that we didn't and it, it it was but it was like simultaneous like relief and stress but but then it was now that i'm through it it's like i'm so grateful for it it was hard at the time i cried i you know you go through the whole transition you but it was worth it uh, and I, and, and when I say I wanted less, I may have, I wanted less there, but I got less in other places or got more in other places. Mm -hmm. It's that I reprioritized my time truthfully. And I, I found that, that I would rather spend my time enjoying the fruits of my labor, mm -hmm. um, than just creating more labor. <laughs> Brooke, could you imagine, like, as oh soon God. as we get done with the live, it's like, okay, we got another four hours of I'm going to jump off the balcony now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. I imagine doing that again. It's funny that this came up. I just had this conversation with my friend today. <laughs> um, so how about this for our final question? Uh, is, there, is there something that you... Uh, is there something that you wouldn't mind doing less of? 
Well, of course, but wait, you achieve more? Hold on, there's gotta be more to it than that. <laughs> that will get you, ultimately get you more. Okay. I want to eat less food so that I can have more, um, no, it's just, it's just less. I want to have less things, less body fat, less high cholesterol, more less health. weight. More health. There you go. Probably longer life. Well, I don't care about that, but you know. I'll pick the low hanging fruit. Less social media. And that might be coming uh, yep. way soon because Twitter is annoying now at this point. Thanks. He who shall not be named. Um, so yeah, for more, for the sake of more yeah. fulfillment in life, for more focus towards the things that actually matter. And I guess on the flip side, less distraction. Less distraction means more time to do again the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Genuinely. Yeah, I second that, Jerome. Less social media and also less focus or attention given to things that I have literally no control over and more focus on the stuff that I do have control over, which is the way I show up in the world. I want more time there, less time on other people, other things. Lisa. Lisa. I was thinking about it. I think all of that is, you know, pretty, pretty right on, um, you know, less what I've been calling today, uh, you know, addiction to having to hover over everything and more, you know, off time, more time to do the things that, you know, I moved out to Colorado. I haven't gone any hiking. I haven't done any thing fun um i've taken little trips but not actual vacation to actually set aside some time for an actual vacation those kind of things so yeah less less addictive hovering and feeling the need to be available to everyone at drop of a hat I'm going to less, and I, I, it's something I'm already working on, and I'm just going to continue on the way. <laughs> um, less stressing about the immediate moment, like less being in this, you know, that worry or catastrophizing or, you know, just less of that and, and more, so more of knowing that, that, um, um, it's like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. You know, all is well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sort of more breathing in the, the, you know what, why there's no, don't need to freak out over, unless it's really freak outable. <laughs> don't stop freaking out about the little things. Don't sweat the small stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, so that I can have more peace. That's it. Wrap it yeah. up. <laughs> Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, take our classes so you can learn to do less and <laughs> more as a coach. Um, okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe. And remember, we're on Wednesdays. So Wednesday at 4, we'll be back next week. Do you guys want to know what the subject is next week? Yes. yes, please. While you check, I want to let everyone know to share this with someone you think is doing too much. Maybe this will help them out. Ah, yes. Yes. Nicely done. Yeah. Good segue. Add another thing to their list of things to do. Which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There he is. There's Anthony. Oh my God. I was laughing because Jen was saying yes and no. That's usually Anthony's thing. <laughs> well, it's my thing. When people counter what I have to say, then it's just like, no, don't. <laughs> just a yes. That's it.
Yeah. So now we're going into a series of uh, where I just put one word in for our topics. So next week's word is expectation. Okay. Love it. Ooh, <laughs> nice transition into Christmas. There's tons of expectations. Oh, mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's you will be there next week. All right. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.